Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And I have a question for all you HR and people leaders out there. When was the last time any of you looked forward to HR reporting? None of you. That's right. None of you looked forward to it because today, for most of you, it's a manual, tedious, time-consuming process. You have a lot of different disparate and disconnected HR systems. You're always trying to figure out which system has which data. You're pulling data and messy spreadsheets from all these different systems, trying to make sense of it so that you can understand the metrics and data behind your workforce, but you're always scratching your head thinking there must be a better way. Well, look no further. That's why Employee Cycle created a people dashboard specifically to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. We have pre-built integrations to all the most popular HR systems out there. If you're using Bamboo, Namely, ADP, Trinet, Paylocity, 15.5, Reflective, Greenhouse, Lever, you name it, we can pull in all your data from all your different systems into one place so you can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data with one HR source of truth. If you would like to learn more, please go to EmployeeCycle.com. Check us out. We'd love to give you a demo and explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Claire Schmidt. She's the CEO of All Voices. And today we're discussing how to make employees feel comfortable about reporting workplace issues. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Claire, welcome! Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Awesome to have you here, Claire. So I have to ask you the question we always used to kick things off. And that's, Claire, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? That's a great question. It wasn't intentional, but I'm very happy to find myself here today. I have met so many fantastic HR professionals um, in my time working in this space. So I'm really, really happy to be a part of the HR ecosystem. I was most recently actually a vice president of technology and innovation at 20th Century Fox. And while I was there, I got the idea for All Voices after I read Susan Fowler's blog post about her experience with harassment at Uber. And I started thinking about how can we make it easier and safer and more comfortable for employees to speak up about workplace issues? And that sort of nugget of a question led me here. Awesome. And so, Claire, we're talking about making employees feel comfortable about reporting on workplace issues. But before we get started, I think we need to understand what does the world of workplace issues look like? And maybe let's start with pre-pandemic and then what happened during the heart of the pandemic. And then we can go into what are some of the workplace issues you think are going to be created post-pandemic or whatever the new world reality thing that we're calling it today. Yeah, I think that's a great way to actually break it up because... Um, We definitely saw things shift during the pandemic, and I I expect they will shift again afterwards. We tend to think about all types of workplace issues as falling into the same sort of category in general, which is 
these are things that employees are experiencing experiencing in the workplace that they might want to see change or they might want to see continue and they want to speak up about whatever that might be. So it could be harassment, bullying, mistreatment, some of those interpersonal issues. Um, It could be issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, like pay inequity or discrimination. It could be just people having questions or wanting to share feedback on their company and the direction it's going. And so I think before the pandemic, we saw a lot of reports going to our customers about things like um, unwelcome jokes and comments, um, sexual advances of different types, bullying in the workplace. And those things, you know, have happened throughout history, right? But I think as the pandemic set in and the sort of reality of that um, became clear to employees, the issues that they were speaking up about started to become very different. So we were hearing from our customers that their employees had concerns about their health and safety um, for those who were still going into offices. Um, Other employees were worried about remote work and not having the equipment or the space or the childcare that they needed to do their work properly. And then there were real, you know, anxieties about the economy and people feeling more nervous than ever to lose their job or about the future of their company. So that was kind of the shift that we heard about and saw during that time. And I think now we're in a kind of similar situation in that people have a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questions. A lot of people have been using the platform to ask about return to work plans. Um, I think there's questions about, you know, vaccination and what companies' policies will be around that, whether companies will have a hybrid model or for employees who moved away, will they be able to continue working from wherever they've been working from for the past year? And then underneath all of that, there are still kind of on an ongoing basis, no matter what's happening in the world, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, harassment, bullying, bias, some of those interpersonal um, and structural issues that are kind of omnipresent, regardless of what's happening in the outside world. Got it. Thank you for that comprehensive understanding of what's going on, because there's so many issues that are already happening, and now it's becoming even more complex and nuanced as we're staying at home or hybrid. And so in regards to workplace issues, I also think it's interesting to think about where do most companies handle them incorrectly? And you can answer this from a legal perspective, from an integrity perspective, or just from a human being perspective. And I want to leave it broad so that we can dig into it. Yeah, that sounds great. So um, I think the biggest issue that I identified when, uh, when actually starting this company is that the vast majority of employees are not speaking up about workplace issues in the first place. So their companies aren't even getting a chance to address those issues because for whatever reason, whether it's a fear of retaliation or not wanting to make something into a bigger deal or not being sure if something is big enough to raise to their manager or to a leader in HR, employees are just staying silent um, the vast majority of the time. And so I identified that silence as actually the biggest challenge facing companies, because if companies are not aware of what's going on in reality with their employees, if they're not getting kind of real-time, honest, transparent feedback, they can't take action um, because they're just guessing at that point. So for me, the solution that I first put in place was, let's make sure that every single employee 
has a way to speak up in a way that makes them feel comfortable. And then once that's happening, we can work with and partner with our customers to make sure that they know how to address these different types of issues and that they have sort of best practices from both a legal perspective and just a people management perspective at their fingertips in order to respond appropriately. Why do you think most employees will never say anything? And I and I get that employees might not trust their company, but are there other reasons that you found that employees are just not feeling comfortable about sharing the issues that are happening in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the statistics I read when I was doing my initial research was that 75% of people who had experienced harassment in the workplace never reported it. So this is something that's, you know, illegal activity that their company is legally required to take action to address. And yet 75% of people never told anyone at their company. And when I dug into the data, I found that actually of the people, that small fraction of people who did speak up and report harassment, uh, three out of four of them said that they experienced retaliation. So I think the fear of retaliation is a really big deterrent for employees in speaking up, um, not just about harassment, but about all types of issues. So that's one big finding. But I think the other thing we've learned through the past few years um, doing this work is that it's not just about retaliation. Some employees are uncomfortable having, you know, face-to-face or in-person conversations about sensitive topics. And it's not necessarily that they're scared that their company will retaliate against them. It's just that hurdle of sitting down and telling someone something really sensitive or uncomfortable is just too much for them and they'd rather just stay quiet. So having a digital product where they can be anonymous, but they don't have to be anonymous is one way to solve for that type of challenge. Speaking of anonymous reporting or anonymous feedback, do you believe that employees believe that it's actually anonymous? Because one of the things that you'll hear just people say is, oh, it's supposed to be anonymous, but I know they're really looking at my information. And especially as we look at the world of your Facebooks, Googles, Amazon, name a tech company that's sharing data, breaking privacy rules. We're constantly seeing this in our face. We're constantly seeing this in the media that our data is always being leaked. Banks are being hacked. So it seems like we already have, as a people, this mistrust when it comes to people in our data, even if it's supposed to be anonymized or secret or not. What do you think the state of that mistrust is today? Do you believe that most people see that, oh, this thing says that it's supposed to be anonymous, and so I believe it? I think you have identified a really big issue and source of mistrust from employees, which is that sometimes language is used that's somewhat ambiguous with certain web platforms. So, for example, your information will be kept confidential. Well, that doesn't mean that you're anonymous. That just means that the information that is definitely being collected about your identity um, may not be shared. You know, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I've also heard some horror stories just throughout my time working in this space of companies putting out, you know, tools to their employees and saying, don't worry, you know, we don't know who you are. Your information is anonymous. And then those companies actually offering to the, to the buyer, to the HR leader, the ability to kind of unmask uh, the employee's identity. 
So I think there's mistrust and I think it's actually pretty well-founded. There's sort of a, a cloak in a way between employees and leadership around, you know, what does leadership, what data does leadership have access to? When I fill out this culture survey, I know it's linked to my email address, but who's seeing it and when are they seeing it? And so I think as a result, people just choose to take the safe route, which is I'm going to go through this culture survey and I'm going to, you know, put just like threes all down the middle. Everything's neutral. Everything's fine. So that I'm not retaliated against or thought of differently because of my responses. So when we were building all voices, our core principle was anonymity because we just felt like no one was truly serving that, that need and that desire on the part of employees to be able to share feedback anonymously and have it be truly, truly anonymous. So we don't even collect uh, all of the data that many other platforms collect. We don't have an account-based model. So you don't, as a user, as an employee, you don't have to give us an email address. You don't have to create a password. Um, we collect a very minimal amount of data for from you that facilitates follow-up. Um, and then everything we have, we encrypt, uh, we store in hidden servers, and we do everything we can to make sure that even if there was a data breach, the data that would be breached would basically be gibberish because it's fully encrypted in all states. Awesome. And so now I want to go from this world of mistrust where no one believes what anybody is saying to them, and we're all using this weird language around confidential, proprietary, secret, fingers crossed, you know, I'm not telling anybody, to now this place where we're actually allowing employees to feel comfortable, to feel comfortable about sharing their workplace issues. So outside of the product, because it seems as though All Voices is doing an amazing job of anonymizing the data and doing things like being accountless, if uh, if that makes sense, if that's even a term, uh, or maybe, maybe I just made it up, um, <laughs> where you can't even attribute it back to a person. But what can you do as a company from a cultural standpoint to build a culture of trust where the solution is just something that's being brought in and people will say, oh, well, because our company is already a place where we trust what management CEO name a stakeholder is saying that when a system comes in, that's just really to automate all of this. But I already trust my company in the first place. Does that make sense? How do you how do you do that? Because that seems like that's the real root of the problem. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you bring this up. We have an internal mission, which is something we also share with our customers, which is that over time, they're able to use all voices to build trust with employees to show them that they will take action and be responsive to them when they have an issue. And that over time, the need for the all voices reporting platform actually diminishes, right? And that more and more people feel comfortable speaking up directly to leaders, directly to HR teams. That's our goal. We want that for our customers. We want that. And we say that very openly to our customers. Um, And so as we're thinking about, you know, our mission, (laughs) um, not wanting to put ourselves out of business, we actually developed a sort of second aspect to our platform, which is um, a case management system so that company leaders and HR leaders, you know, general counsels, anybody who's working on employee relations issues directly with employees outside of their reporting tool 
can track and manage those cases in one place, can collaborate on them, can communicate with one another. Um, And that's really intended to replace, I think, similar to what you said about employee cycle, the old way of doing things, which in many cases has been, you know, tracking employee relations issues through Google Docs or Google or um, Excel spreadsheets that then have to be emailed around. Um, and so the the benefit that we're bringing is it's a collaboration tool specifically designed for ER issues, and it's completely secure and encrypted and cloud-based. Is there a difference between employer relations or ER and employee feedback? Is that the same thing or is one part of the other? I would say that in our experience, employer relations is when a feedback or report is of a certain you know, level, like it gets taken to a certain level. So feedback might be, I really don't like our lunch options. You know, I'm vegan and there's never a lunch that I can eat. (laughs) That's, you know, a classic example, right? Of the type of thing that might come up through just a typical feedback platform. When something rises to the level of being, you know, dealt with by an employee relations team, it's usually related to one of the topics I mentioned earlier, whether it's harassment or mistreatment or bullying, or it could be, you know, performance management, leaves of absences, things like that. Got it. And then Claire, I want to ask you one last question. Because of your big, bold mission around making companies safer and really allowing them to be this place of trust, if for our audience that's listening, there was only one thing that they could remember from this interview or take away, what would it be? I think what I'd like to say is sometimes there's this um, idea, and I think we as company leaders all do it, which is like, my employees trust me. My employees will always come talk to me. You know, the managers that we have are great. There's nothing that, you know, employees wouldn't come forward to talk to them about. I think everyone tends to have these kind of like rose-colored glasses when it comes to their own company culture. And that's a good thing in most cases, right? We love our companies. We love our employees. We we want to have these like warm, fuzzy feelings that everything's okay. But I think in reality, there are so many different reasons why people are not speaking up about things. Um, and this can be at companies of any size, right? This could be at a company of 50 employees. This could be at a company of 5,000 employees. And those reasons might be different. But I think we really owe it to our employees to provide them with multiple options for how that they can speak up, multiple channels for doing so. And in a best case scenario, what you'll find is that most employees are still coming forward directly and talking to someone. And that's great. But you might prevent someone from, you know, quitting their job or becoming disengaged or, you know, posting something really bad about your company on social media after they leave about what a bad experience they had. Um, If you just provide internal channels for them to speak up that might feel more comfortable for them. So we actually use our product internally. We figured out a way to do it that is still truly anonymous and safe because we want to walk the walk. And we really believe that there is a need for a tool like ours in every organization, no matter how strong the culture. Claire, thanks so much for being such an awesome podcast guest for really giving us a better understanding of how to do something that's so important and probably not spoken about enough in the business world, but definitely is key to not only building a great culture, 
but also allowing your employees to feel safe in their workplace. So thank you so much for being on our podcast again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Of course. So where can people find you and All Voices online? So you can find us on our website at allvoices.co. And we're also on all the typical social media channels. So LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Awesome. And we'll definitely include all of this contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Claire and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that we're providing great content. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast and you came here because you're either already a huge super fan of Claire and you just had to hear what she was going to say, or you came here because you thought the topic was super compelling, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.